Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Race Week. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Year 11. Uh, you Austin, got... Texas, baby. Right. Austin, Texas, baby. <laughs> A special Sunday night with Speed City because we've got the Formula One circus coming to town. Some of them are already here, Jonathan. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> what, you think they wanted to stay in Qatar for a long extended <laughs> trip? They wouldn't know. They came yeah. to Austin, of course. Yeah, I guarantee you they're sneakily running around town right now. I remember back in 2012 or 13, I was walking down 2nd Street right in the heart of downtown and one of the outdoor restaurants, Italian restaurants, it was Lewis Hamilton, Nico Rosberg, I think, were sitting there and people just walking by. Yeah, yeah. No one had any idea who they were. It that's was cool. crazy. Yeah, was crazy. I like that. Well, this is John Massengale. That's Jonathan Green with the British Voice on the other side of the table. But we have an in-studio guest tonight. We had a great show tonight, guys. We have two guests. We have our in-studio guest, and we have Riley Dickinson joining us. And is the go ahead, Jonathan. You had no, go no. He is this year's champion of the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup and just decimated the field in that. Yeah, totally. And um, so he's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes as well. And, of course, we've got all the uh, Formula One talk you can stand because we're going to be getting you ready for the USGP this weekend. we got a radio broadcast this weekend, so stay tuned for all the details. But, Jonathan, you want to introduce our guest? Yes. So the theme tonight is our Austin success stories. From Cota. Brilliant. And Riley Dickinson is one. He's from New Braunfels. And Ryan Sheehan, who, of course, went to the Circuit of the Americas as a little nipper and uh, fell in love. And he's been about, he's on the cusp of winning his first national title, potentially. Right. He's got some work to do before that. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Ryan, welcome back to the, to the show. You've been here many times. <laughs> Ryan is currently uh, in the FR Championship, FR America. So we were with him in uh, VIR just a couple of weeks ago, and it looked as though it was all going south. But the guy leading the championship, his teammate, funnily enough, uh, Callum Hedge of New Zealand, conked out. <laughs> well, that's a actually, good old conked out. Yeah, conked out. I used to use that as a that, kid. Yeah, it's the sort of thing. Uh, it's like schmozzle, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, he broke. I don't really his, know, but go yeah, ahead. David Hobbs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He broke his suspension uh, while leading the race, uh, and in fact, both he and Ryan had the spin at the same corner, and so it was a very traumatic and dramatic weekend for a fan and for a commentator. It was great. Ryan probably <laughs> probably loved it and hated it, How, but it was a tough weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was one of the most entertaining weekends. I've yeah, had this year. I'll give you that. Um, I mean, VIR is always great to go to. Just the scenery and the track itself is amazing. But, yeah, it was a lot of drama. Here's the difference. What's what's interesting about this is Callum Hedge, to be fair to Ryan, has dominated this championship. He's won 11 races. Something like that. Well, wait let, a minute. Has it? Haven't you come in first or second? But that was oh, almost. Let me finish. My, <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. God, don't jump the doodle <laughs> doodle. Well, I was trying Unlike to defend our Perez, <laughs> who also has been... <laughs> having a tough time with his teammate. This man has kept in the chase. Yes. And kept, more importantly, consistently scoring and scoring and scoring. And therefore, we come to the final race here, November 5th at Cota, with the championship still very much alive. Uh, and so it's been a fascinating year of tenacity. Is that the, fair, is that the fairest way of putting it? Yeah, I think so. Tough, week, tough year. Uh, Callum Hedge also coming from New Zealand and the championship they both were in, in New Zealand. Uh, and so I feel like I've spent a lot oh, of the year with Ryan. Look at these <laughs> stats. You two guys have, oh, won, won have, have, have either been first or second 
every single race except for you twice. Uh, you just once, Ryan, it looks like, right? No, two wins. No, either first or second. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because 18 points is second, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you, you've you only had one weekend. Oh, wait. There's a 15, so two weekends. And the same <laughs> for Callum. Two weekends. They yeah. won or first or second every race. This is a crazy battle. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it, it's and he been... could still win, Ryan. You could still win the championship. And by the way, look at the prize. Uh, if yeah. either one of those men, and uh, the one alongside us here, uh, wins the championship, they are going to get a scholarship from Honda to go to Japan in Super Formula and potentially join Lawson, Gasly, and all those that have gone before, so to speak. So, hell of a prize. Um, but, of course, um, to be fair, world's your oyster. You can take take the money or you can play again, as they say. Uh, but you could. You, there's a lot. I mean, to be honest, it really does. Winning an FR championship or being runner-up in an FR championship um, opens the world of single-seaters up to you. Um, and in fact, it opens the world of motor racing, full stop. And I remember as a 15-year-old, you came in here and you said, I just want to drive. Because you said, I want to be in Formula One, like, you know, as you should uh, want have that aspiration. But you also said, you know what, I just want to prof- drive professionally. Uh, yeah. And you're very close to doing that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a big year of growth uh, for me, obviously, racing internationally for the first time in New Zealand and then coming back here to, to race in FR Americas. But... I mean, I think just the growth between New Zealand and then coming back here has been massive. So I think whatever I end up doing next year will be uh, will be really good. I think the other thing that um, impresses me, because obviously I've commentated on his races, and like you say, those two, the two cross-link Kiwi... In fact, there's another one, Cooper Becklin, uh, got his first win um, at VIR as well, and he's had a good year, uh, and will probably come home... Well, it will come home third, probably. Um, so, uh, but what's impressed me uh, is what Ryan is doing outside of the car. Yes, he's yeah. do, doing the business, scoring the points. Mm-hmm. But he's the only racing driver I've ever met who's managed to literally build a business before the age of 18. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how you've done it, but um, I, I guess it's your, 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 fresh, your fresh face look because the sponsors <laughs> have come to you, haven't they? You've got to tell, well, tell us a little bit about how you've gone about getting to pay for this because your dad's not Lawrence Stroll. Is yeah, that's what I was about to say is, uh... I'm not the son of a billionaire, unfortunately. No. But um, yeah, racing is until you really get to F1, and even some drivers, when they get to F1, they're still paying for their seat. And so it's um, unlike other sports where you can maybe get a scholarship or get picked up, you pretty much have to pay for your seat all the way up until the the top flight. And so I've had to work extra hard just to you know go out, find sponsors, um, meet people. Um, I was going to Austin Chamber of Commerce events at 16. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been tough. Um, I'm not a super extroverted person, and so I I'm not good at going out and you know introducing myself and saying, hey, do you want to give me you know half a million dollars to go do this? But um, yeah, I've kind of gotten over that and just realized that they're just people, and yeah. so I can go and and ask, and if they say no, they're not gonna hate me for life. They're just gonna say no we're not interested mm. and move on but also i think because of your age uh I, th- I think it is impressive to stand in front of a bunch of adults as uh as you know uh, and and say that you're looking at big money uh, and for that and for them to have and to take you seriously too because you know as you say um it, I, I find it uh the one side of motor racing that i just can't fathom how people do it uh i can't you know it's just one of those things 
Um, I think it's a very hard thing to do. Sell yourself uh, and be asking for big money and trust in that money when you really don't. You have no guarantees. You can't say, yeah, I'm going to win all these races and all the rest of it. It's 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 tough. It's really tough. But but it's but he's a fine example of exactly what a modern motor racing guy in single seaters has to do. Well, and and I love the way you've come come up through with the just the perfect prototype path. You got in karting. You went to F4. You've gone to New Zealand. You're in F3 now. I mean, it, it's, um, it's, it's the ideal path if you want to go to Formula One, right? You're following the FIA path. Mm. So I, I, I think it's fantastic. And you've clearly made big steps at each level, right? I mean, I remember when you were going to F4, you were wide-eyed. You were <laughs> like, I have no idea what to expect, a real car coming from karting. That was a, and you did not take long at all to, to jump right into that. It was awesome. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the times an, an American driver like Logan Sargent, for example, they'll, I mean, be in Europe from karting on and just do the yeah. entire mm-hmm. European path. Um, that costs a lot of money. And so we've uh, we've tried to follow the American path as long as possible um, so that we can, you know, I can stay here. I've lived here my whole life. so I can stay in Austin, um, travel around the U.S. for the Formula 4 and then the Formula Regional races this year, and uh, I mean next year is kind of where you probably have to go to Europe or or choose a path, and so we'll just kind of see where we end up. Yeah. Where would you like to be? I mean, if I had an unlimited budget, I'd end up somewhere in Europe, but um, mm. we'll have to see how we do with sponsors in the off season. And I sub- yeah, and just so th- those who don't know, uh, the, the 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 regular sort of ladder to FIA is. Starting off karting, getting into F4, doing a year of F4. Most championships learn a year, win a year. Uh, and that's kind of where Ryan's been. And, um, you know, FR is the next stage, which is Formula 3 internationally, but we, we call it Formula Regional, um, which is a strange name, but there you go. Um, and then the next step after that, if you want to go down the single-seater path, is to a big championship in Europe, either Formula Open, I think it's called, or FIA F3, which is the big uh, mm-hmm. international one, which is, of course, with Formula One. So they race at the same weekends. Um, and, of course, that's where Jack Crawford, uh, Liam Lawson, and mm-hmm. many others have come through over the years, uh, and Logan Sargent. I just love the fact you've gone to New Zealand, too, because that, that's a fantastic place. How was that, by the way? Have you talked about that? Just a just the 32nd version of, was that intimidating? <laughs> oh, we could I, bore you for hours. I, well, I know that's a big deal, but, I mean, that was pretty intimidating, wasn't it? I mean, Johnny Green was there, so oh, it was, what the heck? it's hard to not have fun. Um, <laughs> oh, but, no! Oh, mayhem! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, five races in five weeks, and so it's just back to back to back. And so it's... Um, yeah, it's physic- time to get nervous. Yeah, it's physically challenging. Um, I had one day of testing in a similar car. It wasn't the exact car, but it was another Formula Regional one car. One whole day? One whole day. <laughs> About four or five sessions... Probably was like that in an, Dallas yeah, before you left? Yeah, like okay. an hour or two uh, wow. total. And then flying to New Zealand and doing five weeks in a row. But um, It's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I actually warned him before. I was like, you know, it, it's a mental, uh, as much as a physical challenge, it's a huge mental challenge because you're in debriefs all day long. Yeah. And then you're thinking about the next race as soon as you've finished on Sunday. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to have some more discussions. And we're going to get... Ryan's take on some Formula One questions. We're going to put him in the hot seat a little bit, too. And we're also going to 
do the same thing with our next guest, Riley Dickinson, who's going to join us right after this break. Listen to Sunday Night with Speed City back after this. All right, let's see if we can get Mr. Riley connected into the Zoom. All right. There he is. Hey. Hey. Guys. Hey, Riley. Riley looks like he's in the exact same spot Liam Lawson was right before he got a Formula One seat, by the way. Do you remember ah, that? We, we, exactly. When we, exactly. When we talked to Riley, he was sitting in his car in California. Uh, excuse me, when we talked to <laughs> That's Liam. That's right, he was. He was, he was visiting his girlfriend. Was, That's right. He's, and he yeah. had no idea he was going to be driving yeah, we the car. didn't either. And, and what was it, 10 days later, he got the call up. So, yeah. So maybe this is a good <laughs> omen. For good you, omen. For you, Riley. It's a good omen. I'll take it. I'll take it. Right. Yeah. I'll take it. Hey, Riley, we're in a break now, but we're still live on YouTube and Facebook. So you can still talk and have fun, but just don't say anything you don't want to say on to the world because we have like <laughs> millions of people watching right now. Riley, where yeah. are you? Yeah. Where Where are you at the moment? I'm, I'm in your brothels okay. uh, back, back at home for me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just had a little dinner, had some good time with friends and family, get ready for uh, for this weekend. Should be Should be a lot of fun. And um, I hope you don't mind. I'm doing the commentary on your race. And if it's okay, could you start at turn 19? Because we want to kind of make it a little bit more interesting. <laughs> Here we go. Coming back. Coming back from the break. Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday night with Speed City Live every Sunday night. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to let you introduce our guest, Jonathan, because I was feeling a little sick this week. Jonathan texted me uh, Thursday and said, don't worry about the show. I got guests. I got everything. So I'll let you introduce everyone. Well, Riley Dickinson is uh, joining us via Zoom. Uh, welcome. He is the uh, new champion of Carrera Cup North America. Uh, and he wrapped it up, what, three years ago? No, it, a few races ago. <laughs> Riley, welcome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. It's been uh, been too long. It has been too long. And here in the studio, we have Ryan Sheehan, who is currently fighting for the title of FR Regional Americas. And he's fighting against his teammate, Callum Hedge, in the Crosslink Kiwi team. It's been a great season. I've been privileged enough to do some commentary on it. But I've also, at Miami, seen Mr. Mr. Dickinson in action. Uh, yeah, and very, very impressed. Right outside our window, our comms booth in Miami. Yep. And uh, Riley, just uh, let's start. Um, and and, and the, the theme of the evening is we want to celebrate our local success. Uh, we've had the series, we've had the Circuit of the Americas uh, for ten years now. We go into the eleventh next weekend, and these two, I'm sure, one from New Braunfels, one from Horseshoe Bay, or at least Austin, Texas, um, have been inspired by what's happened at Cota. Uh, Riley, first and foremost, um, tell us a little bit about where you're from, because you're a New Braunfels boy, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So hometown local from New Braunfels, Texas. Um, for those who may not know, it's about 45 minutes south from Coda. So technically Coda is my home track, right? Um, and obviously we'll be there this weekend in support for the Formula One Grand Prix. And um, it's going to be a really, really cool experience for, for myself as well as other drivers and teams. But it's going to be extra special for, for me just because of it being that home race. And also with my main personal partner being Portia Austin as well, it's, it's going to be really, really fun to have those guys out there and going to be extremely fun to uh, get out there in front of the hometown crowd. And man, Riley, you spent a ton of time on Coda. I know you were back when you were with more speed and others. You, you've spent a lot of time on Coda in several different iterations of 9-11, haven't you? 
That's correct. Yeah, that, that's correct. Um, yeah, you, you could definitely say I have a lap or two out there. <laughs> uh, at, at, you know, dot one cup car, dot two cup car, now the 992 iteration of the cup car. Um, and hopefully we'll see if it's uh, into the dot two of 992 as well. But uh, yeah, no, d- definitely it's it's a great track. It's great fun. I mean, I feel like for the, the cup cars, um, you, you, you guys will see it very well this weekend, of course. Um, I feel like the cup cars, they race at Coda extremely, extremely well. Um, you know, we see from the F1 race always time and time again, that it's always a very exciting race for, for the fans to watch. But I feel like that the cup car racing there is next level. Uh, there's always battles on track, always something happening for us. It's a sprint race. It's only 40 minutes long. So for us, it's going to be intense the whole way through. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a quite enjoyable experience, I think, for the fans. Man, I've heard, man, nothing, I've heard nothing good, good about, about the, the new version new of the, the Cup car, man. I, I I saw one. Actually, I think I saw the car you were going to drive one year, a couple of years ago, when they went from yeah. one generation to the next. But this one is just next level. I mean, apparently just reliable and stable. And I mean, you name it. And Ryan, you've got <laughs> let's, let's, go ahead, Riley. Yeah, no, I'm just just going to say, I mean, just from generation of the 991 now up into the 992, just, you know, r- real quickly, there's there's been a lot that Porsche Motorsport has done just to optimize the performance of the car, you know, namely the double wishbone front suspension. Of course, there's been a lot of air developments on the car as well. You can see that visually just looking at the car between the two. But, um, yeah, it, it's a it's a phenomenal car. I mean, it's, it's very much a factory built race car, just like all the cup cars are, but this is, this is definitely the, the top of the line. It, it definitely makes us wonder as you know, from the team side, what are they going to do for the dot two whenever it comes out potentially in 2025 for us in, in the North American market, we're, um, we're definitely interested to see how they up, up, up the game because it's, it's already a pretty high bar that, that they've set. Now there is a connection. I'm all right. Between you and Riley. What is it? Yeah, I actually uh, bought my very first go kart from him and his family. <laughs> ah, good, 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 good move. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. I, I believe, yeah, I believe we call that one Johnny Cash, right, Ryan? Yeah, all black. Um, all black. Tough. Yeah. It was. I think we took it to the to the chassis table for the first time after like two years of driving it, and it was yeah. like a mill off. It was made of. That's only a mill iron. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, one mil off. Is that bad? No, like one millimeter. One millimeter, a little bit. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so you looked yeah, after no. it, Riley. Yeah. I, well, I tried to. I tried to. I, <laughs> I can. That one mil probably came from Ryan, not from me. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, total racing drivers on tonight, haven't we? <laughs> that is so great. That hey, is... listen, I can't. Yeah. I was just describing uh, Ryan's trajectory, if you will. Uh, he's already been to New Zealand internationally and planning you know yeah. to do something in europe if he can um what's what's next for you yeah so i mean ideally in, in the best case scenario for, for me right now so uh, i would say so right now i'm on what's called the porsche motorsport north america ladder system so to speak it's kind of like a pyramid a pyramid system that they've set up in-house in the north american continent very similar to what they've done in other regions across the world um but so right now you, you know you start out in what's called the porsche sprint challenge which is the lower level series it's more of a development type series for young drivers to come in and really you know gain some information some knowledge of, of porsche and whether it be in a gt4 or a gt3 cup machinery and then once you do well in this porsche sprint challenge then you move up into carrera cup 
Prayer Cup. That's where I am right now. And fortunately enough, we were able to win the the championship this year. Still, um, honestly, pinching myself a bit for for that one. But um, so then ultimately the next step for me, it's hopefully knock on wood to be in the WeatherTech Championship, the IMSA Sports Car nice. uh, WeatherTech Championship. That's ultimately what will most likely happen next year. This is going to be through Porsche as well. They have what's called the Porsche Selected Driver Program for here in North America. It's essentially your first step on the ladder into a factory role within the manufacturer, which is very, very uh, special for, for me. It's not anything official yet, but unofficially, that's most likely what what will you know take place for me next year and ultimately, hopefully, for, for seasons on end after that. And then... Yeah, I mean, in three to five years, the dream for me is, is ultimately to become the next American factory driver for Porsche, uh, following in the footsteps of Hurley Haywood and Patrick, Patrick Long. Long. Patrick, yep, yep. Long, he's the most recent American factory driver for Porsche. Um, and for me, it would definitely be a dream come true to follow in his footsteps. Um, definitely would not say to replace Patrick Long, just because he's been such an icon and such a, a brand ambassador for Porsche. Mm. It's going to be very hard to replace him. doesn't matter who you are. Um, but ultimately to, you know, go into that next level as, as the next American factory driver for, for Porsche. That's, that's the dream for me. That's, that's what I'm working towards. And, um, yeah, I guess time, time will tell on if, whether or not that's going to become a reality. Well, Ryan, that is, I, and when I think of a Riley, fa- excuse me, that's right. Both, <laughs> both ours tonight, Riley, I think one millimeter difference I, yeah, one <laughs> million, yeah. is, yeah. is a factory yeah. Porsche driver that just has a prestige that, I mean, that is way up there. I mean, that's so what you many... tell yourself when you leave the parking lot, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but thinking about of the, of all the things you can become as a race driver, you know, oh, yeah. a formula one driver, oh, an car driver, but a factory Porsche driver, you know, that, that factory, any driver, factory, a, any, but, yeah, but yeah, factory yeah. Porsche, that's like oh, factory yeah. Ferrari, factory Porsche. Uh, that to me, that's the top two. And let's not, let's make sure we say where, uh, where Riley is in this year. Riley, how many races ago did you wrap up the championship? You have literally decimated the field. Yeah. So I, I won't comment on decimation being the <laughs> adjective, but uh, I'll, 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 Right. But um, no, so we we won the championship with four races left in the season. So we had two at, at Laguna at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, uh, Rensport Reunion 7, which is for those who don't know, that's a huge, yeah. huge event for, for Porsche Motorsport North America and quite frankly, Porsche around the world. Um, it's it's the largest meeting of Porsche really anywhere in, in the entire globe. So that that was that was a very cool event for us. And then obviously we have Coda as a support series for, for F1 this weekend, but we were able to wrap it up at, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which ironically enough was actually where I won my first race in Career Cup North America last year. Huh. So it was kind mm. of a bit of a storybook ending for, for me in a way. Um, but yeah, so we, we've definitely had a, a pretty good season. Um, nine out of 12 race wins up, up until that point. And then we added another podium at Laguna Seca and, you know, obviously now going into Dakota with a bit of a, hopefully a home field advantage, I guess you could say, definitely looking to make the most of it this weekend. And you're with Kelly Moss, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. With Kelly Moss. Yeah. So they, they have an incredible stored history with, with oh. Porsche. Uh, they, they have done some other, you know, forms of racing, you know, outside of Porsche, but namely I would say 90, 95% of what Kelly Moss is and has been for the past 30 years as a, as a brand and as a company has been through Porsche. Um, you know, right now they are 
hands down the the forefront as far as Porsche customer racing teams in North America. So for me, just to be a small piece of, of their history throughout the years is something to be very proud of. And um, yeah, I, I can't thank them enough for, for all their support this year. Um, and also, quite frankly, last year as well. This is my second year with the team. And uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough about them. They've been incredible to me in the past couple of years. Riley, I've got another question. Um, do you not qualify by being champion for the Michelin shootout? Yes, yes, I do. So technically, um, the champion doesn't automatically get the junior shootout selection. So for those who don't know, um, Porsche Carrera Cup, that's that's a name nomination that is basically worldwide, right? Yeah. There's at the moment I and Carrera Cups. So you have, you know, Carrera Cup North America, Carrera Cup Asia, Carrera Cup Brazil, Carrera Cup France, et cetera, right? Um, it's regionally based Carrera Cups. And essentially, uh, Porsche Juniors and those specific Carrera Cups, it's all drivers below the age of 24 years um, at the end of the season. That's that's a bit of a tricky one because there's some drivers that start like 23 and a half years old and they get kicked out because they're too old by the end of the season, which I don't really think is entirely fair. But anyways, that's a whole other <laughs> topic. But um, yeah, so basically, who go ahead to the highest? Going. Yeah, the, the highest placing driver in the championship at the end of the year. That's a technically a Porsche Junior within the Carrera Cup. They get nominated to go overseas in what's called the Porsche Junior Shootout. And the Junior Shootout. It's a three day event. Two days on track, I believe. One day just classroom and also, you know, fitness, diet, routine, and, and whatnot. Basically, yeah. it's they're testing you the entire time for three days. And out of the 10 juniors that are nominated, plus there's two wild cards from any other Porsche championship throughout the world, um, out of the 12 drivers that are selected, one will be named the official Porsche Junior for the next season after that in what's called the Porsche Mobile One Super Cup. And yeah. for F1, the the world leading Porsche series that follows formula one around the world. Yeah. Um, it hands down the highest level of competition for the one make uh, pyramid that Porsche has developed. And it, it would definitely be a, a very big honor for me if I was able to, you know, let's say win that um, chances of that happening though, aren't the highest for a North American driver, not just me personally, um, just simply because, for us here in North America, we run ABS on our cars. Uh, All the cars, they don't have ABS, right? So it's a very big transition. Ooh, yeah. uh, like you're walking on crutches for, you know, three years. And then all of a sudden, whenever your legs don't work, they take them from you. And you're like, <laughs> oh my, it's a completely different experience. I um, I was fortunate enough last year to get the opportunity to go to do a guest start in the Porsche Mobile One Super Cup at Silverstone, actually. That was a incredible experience for for me that was my first time racing over in europe as well uh but of course without abs i was able to do a one-day test but oh my god the car was completely different yeah. um i started the morning thinking okay this is a cup car i know what to do right yeah it's some track named stone but how how hard can it be right um i was sadly mistaken um you know. <laughs> ryan's laughing in the studio at you <laughs> I look at the timing sheet. Um, my teammate at the time, so I was with GP Elite. So Larry Tenbord, he's the reigning champion or was the reigning champion of, of Super Cup. I look at the timing sheet and I'm two and a half seconds off Holy. of this guy. Oh, no. <laughs> like, this is not good. And again, for those who don't know, Super Cup, like typically 
between first and 15th and qualifying, it's easily less than a second every single time. Um, so, you know, ultimately in the afternoon had to adjust a lot of things on how I was driving the car, the way I would get the car to rotate, the way I would obviously trail the nose in under braking, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately was able to, to fix that in the afternoon was only, you know, four or five tenths off, whatever. But, um, long story short, it's a completely different, um, dynamic as far as how you drive the car. So just because of that Porsche Motorsport North America, again, has done a great job, um, just realizing that, I guess, disadvantage that North American drivers have. And they actually put up a $40,000 credit at the end of the season to whoever gets nominated within the North American championship to go do a non-ABS test, either in Europe or in the States, wherever they so choose, basically to put that dollar amount towards basically trying to get some more of an equal playing field between the drivers. Right. Mm. Um, so that's, that's obviously a, a huge help. Um, I'm actually planning on doing that the Tuesday after Coda, um, up, up at Eagles Canyon for those listeners that are from Texas. Um, yeah. so it'll be a nice little fun day of testing, but, um, yeah. So, you know, overall the, the junior shootout, it's a very, very big deal. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely going to happen for me later this year. We're well, excited about it. All right, guys, we got to get a break in really yeah, yeah. quick. And when we come back, we'll have more from the Ryan and the Riley. But you listen to Sunday Night with Speed City back after this. All right, we're still live on YouTube. Um, we got a couple of questions for you guys on YouTube. While we're still talking to you, Riley, uh, David Lawrence says, uh, one for Riley, as a Porsche factory driver, would you prefer to focus on and stay in GT or get to work on the 963 prototype? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, for for me, I'm, you know, I've been so used to the GT side of things, but I, I can't lie about that 963 and it not being a very interesting program. So... I think ultimately you want to go for the overall win. So ultimately I, I would say, yes, the 963 would be the, you know, God's honest truth. That's, that's the dream, right? Yeah. Pretty hard to say no to that. Right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> what was the other question? Uh, Wesman says, what are the main differences between Carrera cup and sprint challenge cars that's for you again, Riley? So, yeah, so the cars are exactly the same. The only difference between sprint challenge and Carrera cup. So in sprint challenge, you're able to have TC on the car. So it's, the sprint challenge it's more of a gentleman drivers series right so for older gentleman drivers the ones that are maybe getting into the series so it's just an extra crutch that you're able to have um Carrera cup it's only abs okay okay and- I, got, I got i got a question or at least a, a footnote for both of them um the reason i asked you that question riley is you could be coming up against the teammate to ryan at that shootout because callum hedge <laughs> who is racing both with Ryan and against Ryan in, in the FR Championship, is looking as though he could wrap up the Australian Championship and do that Michelin shootout for his boss, Earl Bamba, yep. who, of course, old friend of mine, made his career that way. Huh. Exactly, exactly. So it's funny you mentioned that because I haven't watched the other career cups who's doing what and he's definitely on the list for sure <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's it's ironic yeah. so we'll, we'll put you and uh, ryan together to ha- how to beat callum hedge here we go coming back from the break one sec hi this is max steppen and you're listening to speed city Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, 
Speed City. All right, welcome back to Speed City. Your Sunday night with Speed City Race Week here in Austin. Formula One United States Grand Prix coming up. You can listen to our coverage right here on AM 1370. And you can hear the the usual pre- and post-race show like we do on national radio. You can hear that uh, local radio and as well as our own race coverage, our own play-by-play. We do our own special coverage for Circuit of the Americas. Bob Varsha will be Bob here. Varsha. Of course, Dave O'Neill will be in studio with us. So Jonathan Chris, will Chris be, Medlin and the kids. Yeah, Chris Medlin out in the paddock as usual. And Jonathan will be anchoring the booth, and we'll all be running around him and uh, filling in when we need to. But, uh, but we, our guest tonight, we have uh, Austinites, basically. Both of them live within a, about 30 miles. Ryan Sheehan. Coda Babies. Racing. Coda <laughs> Babies. There you go. I like that. Ryan Sheehan in the FR, basically F3 America Series, and Riley Dickinson in the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup. And we had some questions coming through on YouTube. Yeah, I'm loving the questions. This is good because yep. it gives us a chance to learn more about both Ryan and, and Riley. Um, but also, we can celebrate the fact that we've, you know, yeah, yes, we've had, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? There's all sorts of... Uh, uh, oh, you mean Austinites? Austinites. I mean, Jeff Mosing, let's not forget. He'll, yes. He'll be, racing, he'll be racing in that Porsche he's, Yeah, he's racing too. against Riley. Yeah. He is. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's plenty of great racing drivers that have come in the past. Willie T. Ribs. Um, um, yeah, we've had Willie in studio not that long ago. Not that many. Uh, Barry Bowes, my Trans Am Championship with yep. the ASIO Data Boys. I went past the, past the ASIO Data uh, factory the other day. Um, but, um, yeah, these are the two youngsters that are coming up and have shone. Um, and, and not uh, just coming up, but having a successful yeah. racing careers, both of these guys. So I know Ryan's backstory. You went to Coda, and that's what – well, tell us briefly the, how you got into motor race. Yeah, I went to Coda in 2013, uh, watched some racing, and – decided that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And How so old I, were you? See, in 2013, I would have been eight. Oh, wow. Ah, okay. Brilliant. So I went to... Uh, that was the first mistake your dad made then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he took you buy, to a race. Buy tickets to that Why race. Why didn't he take you to the golf course? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I, I don't know. <laughs> but you really did. You, you, you were hook, line, sinker. That was it. Yeah, that was it. And so did research, um, looked up cart tracks around Austin, uh, bought, bought a cart off a, a yeah. guy that you know. Well, we actually <laughs> went to Hill Country Cart Club first. Yeah. And we met people, and we somehow found uh, the Dickinsons. And I think he was moving up a class that year or okay. recently. And he had, you know, carts that weren't, uh, he wasn't able to use anymore. And so we bought our Perfect. first. Because, Ryan, you're 18 and Riley is 21 right now. Yeah. And Riley, what, what, what's your story? Do you come from a racing background, or how did you fall in love with this sport? No, so any any at all like interactions with racing um, was not at all from family oriented whatsoever. Um, completely on my own. I'm a bit of the the weird kid in the family. I guess. <laughs> I think we're all but in that club. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but no, so it, it's it's actually interesting how similar uh, Ryan and I are. At least once we got to Hill Country Cart Club. But so for me. Um, I've always had a strong passion and interest in racing ever since I can remember. Um, like my first memories of anything are watching NASCAR on the weekends with my dad, right? That was always kind of something that, that we did together. Um, but anyway, so long story short, whenever I was seven years old, you know, I was the kid that would try football, baseball, soccer, all different ball sports. And I'm way too unathletic for anything relating a, a ball, right? So I... <laughs> Thing I had was probably baseball, right? Admittedly, um, was an all-star first baseman, not even close. But 
Um, what's funny enough, so the baseball fields in New Braunfels, they're right across the track from, guess where? Hill Country Cart Club. Huh. And so one right? We were leaving the baseball fields. It was a playoff game. We lost. I was crying. I was so done with baseball, right? <laughs> we passed by the cart track. Saturday night lights were on, right? They're they're having the go-karts out there doing their thing, whatever. I was like, I want to go do this instead. This looks like more fun, right? Because I never knew that there was a way for me to actually go race, for example, right? So day after that, uh, we were able to go to Texas Carts, Tommy Muth up in San Antonio. We were able to find the local cart shop. That's who it was. Um, day after that, we ended up getting the cart. So that was, I guess, on Monday. Day after that, we were at the track on oh. Tuesday. Quite literally how it happened and i never picked up the baseball glove again immediately fell in love with it and <laughs> bad then, news bears <laughs> i love it bad news. yeah yeah and similar to ryan um whenever we went out there i guess on that sunday along with tommy um you know met a lot of the people that were out there at the track fell in love with just the family atmosphere that was out there as well that was probably more my parents side than anything else they really enjoyed how you know how family oriented everything was. It wasn't having, you know, the, the baseball dads, the soccer moms all yelling and screaming at each other. Everyone was there to have fun. Right. Ultimately it does get competitive. Don't get me wrong, but um, it was a much different environment than what we were used to. And yeah, we, we've all kind of fell in love with it. I more so than, than my parents did, I think. And um, yeah, here we are today. You know, it's interesting. You know, I mentioned Jeff Mosing, but, you know, there's, there's a quietly been a, a big community of race fans here oh. for a long time. And, you know, people yeah. like yourself, John, who grew up here loving cars and car racing uh, and so on and so forth. But now, I mean, guys, it, 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 there's like, industries in there's the 11 businesses. years. Yeah. S's, more speed. Um, Harris Hill. I mean, these, you know, the, the the fraternity is both large and friendly here in Texas. So if there's any dads out there listening and saying, you know what, my little Johnny wouldn't mind doing that, or my little Jennifer, the same thing. Um, you know, there really is opportunity out there. I mean, I'll, I'll throw the question to both of you guys. Ryan. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say that I also played baseball for five <laughs> years before I uh, I started karting and then immediately dropped the glove and never picked it up again. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think now there's um, I mean, way more resources, way more people. Mm. Um, and just, knowledge as well about yeah. what you're doing. That's the hard sell. Just Texas karting in general has grown. I mean, it was already pretty big when I was coming through it in cadet karts, but it's massive now. I mean, they're streaming the regional races. Um, there's people from Austin, Houston, Dallas. There's new tracks popping up. It's it's massive now. And and the industry, you know, you talked about the, the race shops, mm. but there's all sorts of other shops. There's like carbon fiber shops. There's wheel shops. There's all sorts of these. There's probably so many that I don't even know about. You yeah. know, my son working at S's, yeah. I'm familiar with some of those, um, but there's a there's a whole new industry in Austin now. It's a race industry, and it's kind of quiet unless you're in it. You don't even know it's there. So, I mean, it it, it code has had a massive effect, not just on you kids, you yeah. know, coming up to and also I think race this, this new turn eleven project that Coda yep. are doing, which we'll hear more and more about. Um, but it's it's coming to fruition, and this basically is condos for for your for your race car type thing, and it, it's it, it's a very high end, uh, and basically you have a condo at the Circuit of the Americas, yep. right by Turn 11. You park your car or your Porsche, uh, your ex-Riley Dickinson Porsche, <laughs> with a slight millimeter height change. Uh, but no, but uh, then, you, and then you can do track days and so on and so forth. So it, it, it is growing. Um, and I, I, I 
I think that bell for the next Ryan, the next Riley coming up, um, looking to try and get sponsorship. You guys are pioneering. You guys are, are, are trailing, you know, the blazing the trails, so to mm. speak. Well, I know, Ryan, you guys don't have – y'all have had uh, – you've been on track the same weekend as Formula One, but not this weekend. Y'all are on track two weeks later, right? Yes. Yeah. So, But, but Riley, you're going to be there this weekend, and obviously you've done this before, but do you get a little starstruck or do you – when you're – you know, do you get to get into the paddock and, and rub shoulders with the F1 drivers? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's hard not to. Right. I mean, even though that it's our home track for both Ryan and I, I'm sure that whenever we do get the opportunity to go there on F1 weekend, it's a completely different experience. So, yeah, yeah. it is very to not get starstruck. Um, as far as rubbing elbows in the paddock, we're, we're going to be off redheaded stepchild over in the support paddock. So, probably yeah. not yeah. on paddock. But, um, like, you know, for example, like whenever we're doing the track walk, I'm sure the F1 drivers and teams, they'll be out there doing their thing as well. Um, you know, whenever we're able to go into pit lane for our sessions, we're going to be using the F1 pit lane, of course, on the front straightaway. So we'll be able to see some of the cars, some of the teams doing their their work in between sessions and, and whatnot. Um, and, and I will say, so for me, probably the highlight of my entire year, um, earlier this year, we were able to be, again, support series for F1, but at Miami earlier this year mm -hmm. and so we for, were there for, yep yeah 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 um for me I, I was obviously fortunate enough to be able to go win both races but the coolest part about the entire experience was after the first race being up on the actual f1 podium huh. and listening to american national anthem playing oh, on the f1. Wow. well that I mean, was it, it quite yeah it quite literally brought a tear to my eye i mean it was extremely special well, Riley, that, that brings me to a question we asked Ryan before the show started is, is that he has won plenty of races, but he's not been on the podium at Coda, right? Yeah, never in three years of ah, racing cars. Racing Riley, have you? Um, so I've only actually raced there twice. I raced there in 2019 for more speed in the Radical Cup finale. Um want to say we've won the third race so maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but this is a whole different ball game to be on the formula one weekend yeah. on the formula and one podium in front of the formula it, one four hundred and forty thousand people <laughs> that would be cool it, it, it would be extremely cool um especially with it being you know like i already said home track with and as well as having my partner porsche austin there as well obviously it's their oh, home yeah. race it would be very, very, very cool. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can get it done this weekend. All right, guys, let's get in our last break real quick. And when we come back, we'll have more with Ryan and Riley. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. YouTube out there. All right, we're still live on YouTube. Rocking with Riley and Ryan. Uh, Wesman says, well, Jonathan will be doing the circuit commentary. Yes, Jonathan will, and all of us will. Bob, myself, Dave O'Neill will all be on the PA and – Yes. Cheering Ryan we, on and we cheering have, Riley on. We have booth one and booth two because yes, we do. We uh, we do the PA and radio shows, and don't ask me how. We just make it work. Casey John. <laughs> yeah, the man behind the glass over there helps make all that work. Uh, let's see what yeah. else. Um, what well, we? Uh, yeah, but, but hey, I'm we just were, looking at some of the questions on YouTube here. Oh, well, we were going to ask these boys some F1 questions, weren't we? Yes, we we want to ask you guys some some F1 questions. So. We're going to have a quick fire round, Riley. 
Yeah, does Perez get the axe? Blah blah blah. Yeah, oh, there yeah. you go. Absolutely. Already, that's you, you exactly. know the questions. <clears throat> And we will ask Logan Sargent, too. We'll ask all the questions. It's it's funny, though. I'm sure, Riley, you get this, and I'm sure Ryan gets it, too, but I, I get it, too. I went to my parents the other day, and the, their neighbor's an F1 fan. He's like, so what's up to Aston Martin? And he's like, whoa, well, how about McLaren? And I was like, yeah. All right, Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we're going we're gonna to go uh, at these boys with some fun F1 questions. It's not often we have two young race drivers, both of them from Austin, by the way. It's really cool. But I think I want to start, Riley, you brought it up during the break. Um, let's start kind of at the top of the food chain here as far as the drivers and what's going on. Max, speaking of decimated, right? Max has decimated his opponent in Checo Perez. And really, I can think back. I know the moment. It was when it was at Monaco when Checo mm. just, it was just like he had a brain fart and, and went into the wall. And ever since then. You can't say that on radio. He, yes. <laughs> he has never recovered. And Riley, I want to get your take on what has happened to him. And can he you know, mentally get over this. And, and also what do you do if you're the team next year? Yeah. I mean, that, that's a pretty difficult one, I guess, to, to dive into. But I mean, I, if I had to guess out of all the different, I guess, dynamics that are going on within that team, it's definitely, I mean, you already touched on it. I, I would say it's definitely mental. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the, the mental side of this sport, is so incredibly taxing and it's stuff that you can't even ever see or explain or really even know by watching it on tv um i mean to to your point up until monaco he was giving max i mean arguably everything he could handle right they were going back Mm -hmm. and forth whether one two races yeah yeah i mean he was very very good on the street courses um if I, if I remember correctly, I think he won it at Baku as was one of them, I, I want to say. But anyways, um, he, if I had to guess, Red Bull, within their heart of hearts, I mean, obviously, yes. Do they want to go win the championship? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, they want to have two drivers that are both competing at the top. So at the end of the day, if they're able to go one and two in the driver's championship, then I think that's that's the ultimate goal for them. Um, if Checo is able to hold up his end of the deal towards the end of the season, as far as the you know second place in the drivers' championship, which I have no reason to believe otherwise that he would not be able to, I think he has a seat for next year. Um, also, you know, a good off-season reset would be nice for him. You know, everyone's going to need a few months off within the F1 crowd. I mean, it's it's nonstop every single weekend for them. Um, I, I would say it's the main thing for it is just the, the mental piece. He just probably just needs to reset. I mean, he's obviously very, very talented. We saw it at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I think he keeps the seat for next year. You know, I think you've summed it up well there. He has to finish second. Um, yeah. Ha- Hamilton, yeah. yeah. The, the only You say no reason why he can't. Well, the only reason is Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and Lewis Hamilton will be trying his darndest to, to, to beat him. But I agree with you. I think uh, Red Bull have shown in the past with Alban, with Kvyat, with... How many? How many should we go through now with Lawson? Um, that they are willing to 
drop you at a at a you know at a moment uh, because they have the world at their feet and they can slot they literally can slot a new driver in Liam Lawson straight into that seat oh or or oh hey Daniel Ricardo you know mm. I mean it, 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 it you can see the path so it's a tough one another tough one as two American drivers Logan Sargent uh, I like the guy but you know the fickle world of Formula One both of you you also know just how tough it is certainly Ryan in single seaters and Riley you know it's a tough it's game this. It's what, not, yeah. what what do you think on balance for the future of Logan Sargent Ryan let's go to you on that one first I think he just needs to keep it on track I think crashing and going off is much obviously it's much worse than being slow but when you're racing for Williams who don't have you know a 500 million dollar crash budget um you have to that's just even even more true is that you you had just have to keep it on track and he's not really doing that and i think that um, was mick, mick schumacher's demise really in the end is that has yeah. just sort of said look we can't afford this loss mm. i mean even as his team is telling him um just bring it home you don't have to be you know on pace mm-hmm. with albon he's he's much more experienced um so obviously he's going to be a bit quicker but i think he's just pushing that a little bit too hard and he just keeps on hitting walls, which isn't really acceptable. And, and you know, we've talked to James Vowles multiple times. Mm, we've talked to him almost yeah. every week. Chris Medlin has a really good relationship with and, him. Yeah. And he is, I mean, he is so upbeat about Logan every single time. And I heard a, a slight <laughs> change in tone in the last one, but, but not really, not a fundamental change. Almost like him admitting, okay, he's got to get this right. And I have seen the numbers, the crash numbers. There's somebody on Twitter doing something like the crash structure standings and Logan. Deconstruction. Deconstruction. Yeah. He's at about three and a half million. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, you know, I was, re- you know, funny enough, I was reminding myself of a young uh, Max Verstappen who came in at 17 for Toro Rosso and didn't actually change the world. And I remember Christian Horner saying, yes, he's a diamond in the rough and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and Sargent is the opposite to that. Sargent has. Yes, he's had problems, but he actually is a he's much more the complete article than some of the young rookie drivers that have come in. I think of Yuki Sonoda. I mean, to be honest, Yuki was hanging on by a thread after his first season um, because he was thrust in there by Honda. Um, now he's coming good, and I think he's well worth um, a bet on to stay for a long time. And they've just confirmed him, obviously, for next year. Um, but Riley, you know, OK, what's your take on Logan? And if not Logan, who? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to to say anything more than than what Ryan said. Of course, you know, yeah. At the end of the day, in order to finish first, you have to first finish the race, right? Yep. Um, it's obviously that's a bit of a harsh, I guess, comment, just because obviously, you know, all those drivers that are in F one right now, they are clearly at the top of their game, at the top of of the sport, right? So it's it's kind of you know, kind of a tongue in cheek moment to, to criticize really any, any of them. Right. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I feel like that Logan, again, it's probably a mental piece as well. Right. You know, him having those incidents and having, you know, just kind of that always chip on your shoulder type, I'm sure aspect that that's going on. I'm, I'm sure it's hard to get out of his head. Um, you know, ultimately I think if he's able to finish out the balance of the season, again, proving that he deserves to be in that car, not necessarily doing anything particularly special, but just be consistently good, right? 
um, just consistently finish the races, consistently log the laps, consistently prove that, you know, maybe he doesn't have to be faster than Albon every single race weekend, but at least just be close, at least give um, something beneficial to the team, which I think he is, by the way. Um, I, I definitely feel like, though, if he's able to do that consistently for the remainder of the year, I don't see any reason as to why he would not be able to, to stay in that seat. And quite frankly, um, if you have someone do go and replace him, um, I don't know if there's a legitimate candidate on the American side of things to replace him. Um, yeah, I, I keep on hearing obviously named Colton Herna. That's really kind of the only one out there. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe there's another one, but I mean, for Colton, like he already has his home in IndyCar, um, you know, for him to step over the pond into F1, that would be a huge undertaking. Um, you know, I, I really feel like Logan, he definitely has a home if he's able to finish it out strong this year, which I think he can. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, we've just got about three minutes left. First, I just want to say how proud we are yes. of both of you guys, Austin Young drivers coming up, just doing the business. I mean, you're both, Riley, you've wrapped up well, your championship. Well, this is the part of the story we wanted to have happen. Exactly. <laughs> you know, when we started the show said, 11, 12 years ago. Three things. Yeah. We want we we got the circuit now, you know. Well, let's get some uh, an American, American team, team in Formula One, and let's get some American drivers. And you guys have, you know, in your own paths. Yeah. You know, you're still on the path, Ryan. We don't know where you're going to end up. And Riley, you know, you're you're further down the path. I know your goal of Porsche factory driver, which is amazing. But, but by the way, if, if Red McCombs or anybody else is listening, you want to go to Formula One, right? I yeah. mean, Riley, I don't worry about it. He's a factory Porsche driver. He's going to be at Le Mans, you know, with Dan Gurney, the ghost of Dan Gurney in about a year's time. But you're still on that path, right? Yeah, Formula One is my So goal. if you've got a couple of Bill out there, Texas, come on. Come on now. That's Ryan true. Sheehan, 66, FR. Let's get some money in here for this kid. <laughs> Yeah, Thank maybe you. maybe Joe Rogan or, or uh, Elon go. Musk are listening on, because they're Sandra you know, Bullock. They're... Hey, you remember the movie about the the football player? Let's do it again. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we are. We just have a couple minutes left. I, one thing I want to say is uh, we do like I mentioned earlier in the show. We have our broadcast this weekend, and we're going to be on the microphones out there. And if you're if you are going to the race, always tweet at us because we're going to be watching Twitter. And um, and so we can put you on the air, whatever comments. Yeah, Jonathan? Yeah, I was just going to say, also, uh, for those of you who've got your tickets, Riley, what's your, what's your race number? Number 53 for Kelly Moss. There you go. 53 oh, the car, for man, Kelly it's Moss, got a cool course. green stripe on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ryan Sheehan, I know, because I do his commentary on his races more often, and it's 66 for Crosslink Kiwi, right? Yeah. Are we in gold again? Yeah, for gold. I and, love and of course, it. <laughs> you'll be in the car two weeks right after Formula yeah. One. So that's and yeah, November 5th for Ryan and, of course, uh, Circle of the Americas, uh, both both events. Uh, that'll be uh, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th uh, for Ryan Sheehan. And, of course, Riley's going to be at the Formula One next weekend. Are you going to Formula One next weekend? No, I actually have to move my sister home from uh, <laughs> Chicago. She's that's not a Austin. racing driver line. You... No, 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 no. R Ryan, I'm going to Vegas to hang out and maybe throw some... <laughs> we'll, we'll talk that after the show. I I, ask, I've got a better story. I ask Alexander Rossi when he was about your yeah. age. What do, you, what do you drive every day? And he goes, Silverado. Well, Silverado pickup. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're out of time, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, however, you did it on the radio or on uh, YouTube or Facebook. Uh, go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Find out all about us and where you can listen to all of our stuff, podcasts, and everything else. And we'll talk to you next weekend from Circuit of the Americas. Happy trails.